Hey, you passive investor out there. Are you tired of going to the same old real estate clubs where you're just hanging out with broke guys who are trying to flip houses and wholesale some of the people out of their little homes uh, for pennies on the dollars? Why don't you come and hang out with some accredited investors out in Hawaii? The Hui 4 is a go, which is January 14th to the 17th, Martin Luther King weekend, which is a long holiday. Flights are pretty cheap, from what I see. And we've got the room book pricing at 240 bucks a night in Waikiki. We've got an entire weekend planned of events. But the biggest draw, folks, is it's the network. Your network is your network, as we say. And there really is no other passive investor group like ours. There's a lot of folks out there that try and teach people how to make something out of nothing. We're just not that group. The topic materials that we'll talk about, deal flow, vetting deals, knowing who to stay away from, retirements, estate planning, taxes, and just good old-fashioned getting to know people that are on the same journey as you. Most of the attendees will be accredited investors. Everybody will be vetted by myself. No randos is my style. To learn more, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash 2022 retreat. Uh, registration opens for everybody this week. Uh, we've already sold out 45 of the seats. Total capacity that I'm shooting for is the very max is about 80 people because we want to keep things very intimate. This is not going to be death by PowerPoint and a bunch of random speakers. It is going to be more focused on you guys building relationships with each other, which is why we have a weekend full of serious and not so serious fun plans. Um, again, check out simplepassacashflow.com slash 2022 retreat. And here is the show. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. We are going to be tackling the age-old question, pulling money out of retirement funds for lower adjusted gross income folks under $300,000. I think it's a pretty much no-brainer to not really get started with these retirement funds. But this is the situation for a lot of folks that have been following all that financial dogma, putting your money into these pre-tax, post-tax type of retirement funds. And for a lot of folks that make a lot of money, it's just what seems to be like the best plan at the time, because it's like when you put your money into these retirement accounts, it's like just kicking the can down the road, especially in the beginning when you're a, you know, younger at your career, you're making a boatload of money, all your friends are putting their money into retirement funds. To me, all you're doing is essentially just like putting your, kicking the cans down the road. And now we're, we're going to talk with Emmanuel right here, who's kicked the cans down the road for a decade or two. And it's not a coming to Jesus moment. Like he's known this, the situation has come up. And I think we're going to go um, through a situation. Every situation is a little bit different. We're going to try and go through a different uh, twist the situation a little bit here. But there's no one way of playing this. This is a complete art form. This is where you get around other people that are like-minded to strategize this. A CPA lawyer, if they're smart, they stay the hell out of this kind of conversation because it is a gray area. It is an art form to do this. And they will never give you strategy unless they're always 100% correct. This is not a multiple choice test. This is not something that teach you in high school or college where there is only one answer. There are many answers. And in this one, we don't know some of the variables, like what's going to happen in terms of Congress tax laws. We don't really know, but what's going to happen in Emmanuel's future. So this is where we have to make a best educated guess based on what we know now. 
But Emmanuel, why don't you say hello and tell us a little bit about this predicament. Hey, Lane. Uh, thank you so much for taking my uh, questions. Uh, my question to you is as follows, and I think other people would have the same question, is that I've been feeding this beast self-directed IRA, rolling over some old work 401ks, and I've got about seven to eight hundred thousand dollars of syndications 100 percent with almost no cash in it probably twenty thousand dollars of cash my question to you is that do i jailbreak it meaning i start once the syndications sell you get about most of them 30 to 40 percent of your original cash including all of the cash on cash so let's say fifty thousand dollars of uh, cash coming out after the end of each syndication. The question is that do you reinvest that 50000 in another syndication or do you cash it out, pay the 10% penalty, pay the taxes? And uh, I used to be in about 35 high-end tax bracket. Syndications have dropped me to about 20 to 25% tax bracket. That's my question to you, Lane. In case people missed it, you've already invested in syndications because you follow the blueprint. Invest your cash, your liquidity first. And then once you've burned through that, you start investing home equity. You've done that a little bit, but you've deployed all that. And then you're low on cash. And that's a good thing. You don't want to be sitting around with cash. And then what do you got in like retirement plans that's next on the shelf? I'm 52 years old. My goal is to retire in the next five years. Retirement, meaning not completely hanging my coat and playing on the golf course, but not having to work for a living on four or five days a week. You're lucky to be in an occupation where you're able to slowly pull back on your hours where when I was working, it was either 40 hours plus or nothing. So you're lucky in that type of situation. A lot of couples that make the same amount of money, they can't really do real estate professional status. They can, but it doesn't really benefit them because one person would have to draw back their hours and therefore they would make less money. And then they drop out of that highest tax bracket, which is a good thing for them. It's they just have to work to a certain predetermined point and then just shut off the engines all at one time and then coast off or go down to both part time. But for you, you're the, the breadwinner and then you've got to figure out what that point is to pull back yourself because you've got to keep working. Here at SimplePassiveCashflow.com, we work with hardworking professionals looking to opt out of investments for the clueless. I mean, mainstream investing. With so many randals out there, hollow endorsements on crowdfunding websites that just act as broker-dealers taking commission to list syndications on their website, and institutional Wall Street companies out there, who do you trust? We follow a simple formula of working with people we have a direct relationship with while enjoying higher returns and a quicker path to financial freedom. The trifecta is simple. First, syndication deals to get two passive losses to unlock other tax best practices, and thirdly, infinite banking. The problem that many astute Simple Passive Cash Flow Club members find is that syndications typically have a minimum of $50,000 to invest, and frequency of deals is sporadic. Check out my article at simplepassivecashflow.com slash ofund to learn how I always have cash on hand using the American Homeowner Preservation Fund as part of this one-two punch to be ready for a great deal while still making an attractive return. I've been investing in AHP since 2016. 
AHP is a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, where the fund takes care of operational headaches for you and pulls money together to get bulk discounts on distressed mortgages. It's a business model that I think gets stronger should a slowdown in the economy come, because there will be even more distressed inventory for AHP to purchase. AHP's latest fund aims to keep people in their homes by investing in notes so you can make a 7% return and feel good about making a positive social impact. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. If you want the free Burn Zone book, please claim it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash AHP. And oh, don't forget to join our private investor club. Join us at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. AGI-wise, just to paint the picture, you're in the highest tax bracket, so we'll just put you yeah. at 400 plus. What do you got in kind of pre-tax retirement, post-tax? So pre-tax is the Roth, right? Yeah. So I've got no Roth, and I would probably say I've got half of um So just to let the listeners know, I'm 100% in real estate, no no stocks, no bonds, no mutual funds, no ETFs, none of that. I've got probably two thirds of money in syndications. I'm investing through an LLC. So all of those syndications are basically pre-tax money. The only post-tax I have is really an investment in a conservation easement. This year is gone. It's just a promise of a K-1 that's going to give us probably a 4.6x passive loss for 2021. So my goal is to drop to even a lower tax bracket, maybe like yours, maybe 4% or 5%. And then I was thinking then if I'm at that tax bracket, even if I pay a 10% penalty, then it's really a 15% hit on whatever distribution before the age of you know 59 and a half, which was my question. Do I wait until 59 and a half or do I jailbreak pay my taxes and penalty. How old are you again? I'm 52. Seven and a half years of continuing to feed the beast or jailbreaking, cashing out now, pay the penalty 15 to 25%, depending on the next year's tax bracket. And depending on what the Biden administration does, are they going to raise taxes? Because I'm, I'm right at that four to 600 AGI. Sorry, again, how much post-tax? IRA money do you have approximately that you have? Oh, I've got no post-tax money whatsoever. Pre-tax is Roth. I think it's pre-tax, but the other one, the regular IRA that you have. The traditional one, yeah. uh, the one I have all the syndications in, I would or say no- about 800,000. Just not to get into the whole big picture, but you've got a bunch of just non-IRA money syndications. Correct. And that's invested through an LLC. Again, that's still pre-taxed, but it's not quote unquote in jail. When those syndications sell that cash, I don't have to wait until I'm 59 and a half. I can pay myself or I could reinvest that money. For purposes of this video for folks, it's the lion's share. This $800,000 is like the the lion's share here. All right. Here's what I'm thinking. There's two big variables here, right? Let's just start at the most aggressive one. And the, the numbers tell you to do this, right? We'll start at the most aggressive one. And if you just keep it there, what will happen? And then we'll talk about maybe one in the middle. And then you and I can go back and forth on which one kind of appeals the most. Let's just say you take out this 800 grand now. Your AGI will blow up for yep. sure. And and this is where I would suggest making this kind of deployment plan, like where you put the years here, you figure out when you're deploying or when you're leaking money out of your, your retirement. So in this case, I would say maybe not deployment plan, but remove 
from IRA. Obviously, as soon as you remove it, you're going to put it right into investment anyway. So maybe it's the same. But let's just say scenario one next year or this year, you just drop 800 grand out. I don't know if I would suggest that. There's so many different options out there, but one common one, and just to make this math simple, is doing conservation easements. So if you did 800,000 at a five to one multiplier, you dropped 160 in there. Get the deductions to offset that so you don't go into the red and do even that higher tax bracket. That'd be one way to do it. Let's add on if I'm forgetting anything. It's like you got your 10% penalty, right? You're going to have to pay 80 grand. And then you've got your taxes, but we're mitigating that by doing the the CEs here. But the question is, if you pay 80 grand to get it out, will we recoup that by the other option? We need to compare different scenarios. So this is the option where you're going to just take it out right away. This is the option I think most people would do where they would keep it in there to the 59 and a half. At that point, you probably have to do the conservation easement or whatever you're going to do to mitigate the tax. But the problem is we don't know if that freaking thing is going to be there. Yeah, exactly. We don't even know, like you mentioned it in one of the videos, you don't know if they're even going to allow us to do syndications in the future. You know, that's a moot point. And then the decision is easy. Whatever cash comes back from selling the syndications and all of that 800,000 is probably going to roll into cash in the next two years. And if we have a grandfather exit, then that's a moot point. Then you'll have to cash. Right. Let's just be like really optimistic and just assume the government's <laughs> not going to do anything for the government. Okay. But you're yeah, entirely right. I think that point alone, if I were to play this, I would try and get it out quicker than later in that fashion. But just to play devil's advocate, let's just say you left it in there. I think if you're in your 30s, I think it's a no-brainer, right? Like you got 20, 30 years to 59 and a half, but you're pretty dang close. Still a young man out there, you know, but you're close to the 59 and a half. And most people like, people are crazy. And I do this, I used to do this too. You drive around for like an hour or two to save a little money. Or some people, they'll drive around for four hours, two hours to go save a $25 wire fee sillier but in in the same line of thought like people they don't want to pay the eighty thousand dollar ten percent penalty but if you paid the eighty thousand dollar penalty which i call the ticket to the real dance now let's just say that this investment grows what do you think that you get in if you left it in here in the ira just to make the math easy let's say i keep doing syndications right so am i including the cash on cash and then when everything sells out what are we thinking? 180 to 100% return after three to five years, right? That's yeah. probably average. Or it's called I mean, a 15% course, per year. Yeah. You're already using your retirement fund to be in private placement, but I'm just outlining this example for the average guy who's probably just going to put it into some mutual funds at yeah. 8 yes. to 10%. Let's give yeah. them the benefit of that. Whereas the syndication investor, if you unlocked it, maybe you get 15% to be conservative. The right. delta is 5%. So that person would be foregoing 5% of 800 grand every year. What is that? Opportunity costs? Yeah. Of 5% of 800 and not even in compound interest, right? To me, that break-even point is in year two. But I just pulling yeah. the plug on it now. now. That's out of the way. I think that this seems to be the better way of doing it. But yeah. then herein lies the problem. Is you have pretty good deal flow. You know where to put your money. But... Deploying 800 Gs in one year is a pretty big feat, right? So maybe more practical game plan would be to leak it out slower, like 400 grand this year, next year, and then the other half the year 
pass. I think that's probably what's going to happen, right? Because 800,000, let's say, just to make the math easy, let's say there's eight syndications at 100,000 each. I don't think syndication are going to sell more than three, maybe four a year. So that's going to return to cash. And I probably 300 at the most, $400,000 in cash coming back per year. So the 800 per annual, it's not like I can hit a sell button and all of a sudden all of my positions turn to cash. I have to wait for the syndicators to sell the assets. Naturally be spaced out for you anyway. Yeah, exactly. It will be a jailbreak over probably two to three years or maybe five depends some syndicators might want to keep the asset longer so let's say your dog eats a biscuit when is it going to come out the other end you put in 800 in different periods the dog ate the biscuit a while in the past you know how many biscuits you ate when do you think it's going to come out here but how much do you think in 2022 i think in 2022 we're going to see quite a bit so i don't know let me just make some numbers here does that sound about right what you think will come out the other end Something like that. What number are you, did you come up with? What I think next year you're going to see a lot of this stuff come back. Are you thinking 300? Yeah, 300 next year, yeah. then 200, 200, yeah. 200. Why don't you do it like, easiest for the math? Just do 200 times 4, 800. So the question is that do you leak out the 200, pay the penalty plus whatever my tax bracket is? Now, then 10% of 200 is 20,000 plus whatever the tax bracket is. So that's the the cost of basically breaking in a jail. Like with the tail end of this thing pushing through and maybe coming out 2025, 2026, yeah. you're getting really close to a point where you get the free jail card or you, yeah. you save the 10% anyway. Also, what um, listeners need to know is that once that money is jailbroken, then you can use the passive losses to offset your passive gains, which drives your AGI even further, which right now cannot do because it's pre-tax money, but now I'll be using post-tax money for it. That makes sense. It gives you more options and levers to play now. Another kicker, this one isn't as a huge game changer as our private placements even allowed in IRAs, is the conservation easement around after the year 2022. Uh, I'll remind people again, right? Emmanuel doesn't have mutual funds and crap like that in his IRA. He's all private placements and syndications. But I think if you're doing the mutual funds and all that stuff, I think it's a no-brainer. Get jailbreak that stuff and get it out now. But Manuel's created a little bit of a pickle for me. I don't know which way to go. I'm kind of like, just let's just split the difference here, right? Like yeah. maybe you naturally let it flush out and then you take it out slowly as it comes out. Yeah. And that's the last yeah. hurrah. Some would say you're already to the end the terminal point already, you might as well just stay on the bus till the whole way. You definitely don't want it all to go at the same time, whether it's 2028, 20, 2029, 20, 2030, because it makes your AGI go up. So we need to leak it out slowly so we don't get into that predicament, which every other person in freaking America is going to be in that. And, you don't want to be that with, guy. No, and I agree with you, Lane, totally. Leaking it out actually makes sense, especially because my tax bracket is a little bit lower. If I was still in the whatever, 35, 42%, whatever the Biden administration wants to do, then it's really painful because you're, you're taking a 40% on tax bracket and then another 10% of penalty. So then you are not exactly, but you are technically yeah. 50%, where if you drop tax bracket, like I said earlier, 5%, 10%, and then you add the 10%, then you'll be in the hole at about 15, 20%. But like you said, 
it's going to hurt the first two years, break even. And then after that, I think it's all gravy, right? I know your situation personally. So like, here's another, like, just let's zoom out a little bit. You've already mentioned that you want to like work less, right? This is a, a good thing because as you start to leak this out, your AGI is going to be going. Let's just say you go down the part-time 20 hours yep. a week, two days, yep. two long yep. days a week, right? Like you're, you're making salary cut in half, basically. Your AGI goes down to 250 and yep. you go on this plan of leaking out 200 every year, starting this year. You're not yep. allowed to work more than three shifts because it's a okay. tax thing. And in that way, you don't have to do as much freaking conservation easements, which is already a risk too. Eyes wide open, work with the right yep. people, but it is a bit of a risk there too. I think it's a good risk. I think that this also brings in lifestyle too. I think this might be the settling. Take your AG up to 400, 500, just get a little bit of land conservation easements to bring you down back to 300 land or yep. 200s and just yep. do this naturally as the deals cash out and you've jailbreaked it out maybe around fully by 2026. What normal people would have been, they would have been screwed come to age 60 because now they got this money and they would have to take it all out anyway. Sure, they don't have to pay a 10% penalty, but the 10% penalty is nothing in the whole grand scheme yeah. of things. They're doing exactly what the government wants. Is now that they're handcuffed to taking their $800,000 at age 60 at the highest tax bracket, sure, you're not going to be working at that point already. I think you still want to work past your 60, right? Oh, a totally. The key is not to work 12-hour shifts times five or four. I don't want to clock in. 60, 50 hours a week, I'm going to clock in 20. Yeah. Most guys, they would say, I'm quitting in year 2025. Therefore, let's jailbreak all this out 2026, yeah. 27, or just wait till 2028. But just in lifestyle, they're more smoothing this all out. So this, yeah. and, to me, makes more sense. Yeah, and just doing one conservation easement while I'm jailbreaking this uh, makes sense. And, and I wasn't going to do more than one per year, maybe 50,000. 50 times four as a 4X, we're doing 200,000 yeah. passive loss. That's more than offsetting the actual taxable income. So that would keep things low. And then like you suggested, leak it out 200 grand a year. At year four, you're completely done and you would have broken even at year two. Conservation that, that easements works. to me are driving 65 miles an hour in Hawaii where the speed limit's 50. You know, it's probably like for you guys driving 85 miles an hour. It's illegal yeah. technically, but not unsafe in my opinion. You, you mentioned it. It's like a shot of Lipitor. Just get that shot. Just shut up and do it. And, and we'll talk later about, you know, yeah. <laughs> syndication. That, <laughs> that said, now that we're like getting down to the nitty gritty here, I'd like to know your thoughts. Could you probably know this a lot better than I do? I don't do conservation easements. I just use bonus depreciation and my HEI yeah. is already low. What are you, your thoughts on getting this conservation easements all as soon as possible, right? Before things change, because yeah. you can bank the, the losses, right? That's right. So I just did one a few months ago. So it's basically going to be for 2021 tax year, 51,000 at a 4.6x. And of course, I still have passive losses from the syndications that are not in jail. That's another 1.5. M. I think I'll be able to get to that 10%, maybe even below that in the tax bracket. So jailbreaking next year would be great. Do you like the idea of getting it all now as opposed to something like this? like spacing it out 
or what do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking, again, just to make calculations easy, two or three syndications selling out of a year, 200 grand, jailbreaking that, taking the hit on taxes and penalty, and then just be completely out in this model in four years, maybe five years at the most. The new cash, don't invest that in another syndication because obviously that's going to just keep kicking that can down the road. That was my feeling and the purpose of my call to you today is to figure it out. But realistically, it's not like I can jailbreak 800 tomorrow. It'll have to be leaked out. Let me just play devil's advocate for you, right? The best time to invest is when? Begin yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The the money's already invested. So for you, it's no different. What I'm talking to are the people who have the 800 grand in their silly mutual funds making subpar returns. For you, it's like the best time to have these passive losses and these levers was yesterday. But then again, you already have a boatload of yeah. dry powder of that, you know, passive losses to use at your disposal. Yeah. So maybe it's not that too big of a thing, yeah. but it's hard to quantify, right? Like one would think that it's better maybe jailbreak the money now, get it into deals now instead of spacing it out into the future. But I guess they're already yeah. in the okay. deals, right? Yeah, they are. Like you said, conservation is on the risk meter. It's definitely higher than let's say syndications so the key is as i leak out that cash 200 a year put that back in into let's say two three syndications take the passive losses apply that to future taxes and then i don't have to do any more conservation easements and decreases my my risk is that what you are alluding to a little bit lane yeah, the same. I see it the same way. Like the conservation easement, the best way, to, best time to do it was yesterday before they closed the door. Yeah, I think for many reasons, I like this general plan. Again, if somebody was not like Emmanuel in private place with his IRAs already, I would probably urge them to do something more aggressive like this. Yeah. And I agree with you. Now that I know if my money was in stocks and mutual funds, I'd probably jailbreak that as soon as possible. Again, leak it out. I don't know. Like you said, if Let's say if it was all in an ETF or stocks or whatever, then you press the sell button. And I think what, within three days, everything is in cash. But taking an $800,000 cash out would be, it would just be adjusted gross income. I think even if you sell it, even if somebody is on stocks and bonds and ETFs, maybe still leak it out either way. Let's talk about this. I'd like to get your input because there's a lot of your coworkers who haven't figured this stuff out. This scenario right here is a guy with 800 grand in his traditional stocks, bonds, mutual funds. He finds alternative investing. Here's how I would do it. And I, I'm going to also add in this. I don't want them to invest 800 grand right away, especially if you're a new guy, you know, what the heck yeah. you're doing. Yeah. But that, yeah, this yeah. is where infinite banking comes in. This at least allows yeah. you to fund this. So what I would do... Yeah. Maybe remove, maybe 400. We'll take it out in two years. I'm interested in how you would do this. IBC. So like when you create an IBC, you got to sign up for a six-year window plus or minus a year. If you set it up like a 70-30, 90-10 split, you're going to hit your necessarily deposits into this thing in the first year and a half easily. So I think people get freaked. I I would get freaked out initially when I was like, I need to sign up for something I can hit because we're good boys and girls. We need to hit our quotas, but it's not the case. As long as you fund your first year, you're good. You don't have to really worry about it. But still, I would 
still try to obey the plan as much as possible to size it the right way. So what I would be doing would be maybe I'll be putting 200 a year for six years because the 400 grand, that's already all right here. So that's accounted for. This, if you don't fund it, who cares? But I'm sure the money's going to be rolling in or this person has likely making money to put into the funnel through here. But this way, at least... This stuff is baking while it's just sitting there. Maybe I would even have them play the game where they fund this two times in a six-month period. Depending where your birth date is, you can kind of overfund it in the beginning to jumpstart this. But something like this, and then I would deploy 200 every year for a handful of years. And then you can do the conservation easement like this, or you cannot do a conservation easement if you're freaked out about it. How would you do it? That's exactly how I would do it. Of course, you're not leaking out 400,000 tax-free. So you're losing, you're getting hit at, let's say, 20%. So you're still losing, what is it, like 80,000 a year? Yeah. That's why the guy's doing this, the conservation easements in the right, first right, year, right? Exactly. So you're at 200, I would probably say. So do the IBC, then you borrow against it. Then you deploy your dry powder at about, I'm thinking, four syndications per year at 50 each. So you could spread, even if you stay with the same syndicate, you could just spread your risk of four syndications per year. And then after four years, you've got four times four, you've got 16 syndications. You're golden then. Yeah. Maybe at once you get a few years down the road, well, maybe a year plus from that, maybe you double up. Yeah. You get to the point where you can't track those dividends and those K1s get really annoying. So I probably would say maybe get a dozen syndications and then double up, like you said. Instead of doing 50, do 100 because now you're more comfortable about the PPMs, the syndicators, and so on. And then you've got probably the same returns, but with less hassle, less dividends to track, less key ones to pass on to your accountant. Yeah. And this is where people can go and download the K1 tracker. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com and then search for K1. And then yeah. I'm trying to pull it up now show people what the heck it, it is I had, uh, I had 16 k1s for this year it's not pulling up but you can see it here it's just it's just a spreadsheet i mean your cpa is going to do all this stuff for you but i tell everybody to just tabulate yourself so you kind of know what the number should be plus or minus 10 20 percent ultimately you're going to have to go to your cpa and say oh hey where'd you put i thought it was gonna be around like eighty thousand dollars of losses can you just show me on the form where you tabulate that oh you forgot about it Oh, shoot, man. Like, it's like when we used to do like the engineering stuff, like I was always a project manager. I don't know how to do all this, like the technical stuff. Same, so same thing here. I don't know how to do all like the forms. And so that's a CPA's job, but I'm smart enough to know how to get the rough answer to know what it should be to play stump the chump come fact checking time. Part of that's my construction background. We don't do it. We publicly humiliate them because that's their job. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because one missed key one is like the hundred thousand dollars. $150,000 of like passive losses. I mean, that's yeah, huge. which is even at the lowest tax rate, that's 20 G's right there. That's probably yeah. what more than that. Like that guy saves yeah. every year, that CPA. So that's a good idea to, to track it that way. And, and part of that is to learn, right? The first few years, are, I'm, I'm still learning how, what, what is being included? What is not being included sometimes? What are the check boxes on the thing? It just helps me follow that chunk of money around. Yeah. And it's like, well, I thought it was going to be like $180,000 of losses. How much did you use? How much did you keep suspended? I'm just following the large sums of allocations. Yeah, yeah you're, you're exactly right. It's very common, right? These guys, they just forget one, but it's a big, 
be like 20 grand. Yeah, that's huge. 20,000 is 20,000 dollars. That's whatever. Half a syndication at 50. So. Yeah, it's hard to see here, but like the, the dark part is like last year's one. And then this one yeah. is this year's one. Even if you get that big bonus depreciation lost your first year, the yeah. rest still trickles in every year. Yes, it does. But that's why for the listeners, that's why you want to do four or five syndications a year because you always want to get that big one year or first year bump bonus depreciation. Now, whether the IRS is going to allow us to do the bonus on the cost segregation, that's yet to be seen. But at least for 2021, it would be still. Yeah, as my understanding, and I'm not, neither of us are CPAs or lawyers. Sure. Just a couple of guys who have learned some things, various people and still rely on our professional providers. But bonus depreciation is phasing out by 20% every year. I think starting in the year after 2020, which yeah. to me, I see your guys' K-1s. You guys will never use the passive losses Really, I think still by the year 2024, it should still be great benefit. Yeah. But maybe after 2025, it's kind of not as good. They, they still won't get rid of the actual cost segregations. So we're still fine. That regular depreciation will typically offset your cash flow in most deals. Or you're going to run dry is when the deals cash out. But when the deals cash out anyway, you're going to have to pay the depreciation recapture anyway. Yeah, that is not the end of the world because... When that syndication sells, you'll be two years later, you should have another eight, maybe 10 syndications to offset those gains. So like you said, those losses are just going to be kicked down the road and, and your tax bracket should remain pretty low back then. In this case, we'll call it PAL's passive activity losses because they're PAL. Right. If you put in 200 grand, you might see 100, 150,000 of losses the first year. Then you get another 150,000 and then 150,000, 150,000. But then, so you're walking around with maybe 500,000 of passive activity losses by the year 2025. So let's just say one of these deals cash out and you have you minus 150,000 and you still have a surplus. But then yes. you take that investment, you can put it in something else, and then you end up with even more right? passive yeah. losses to begin That's with. Right. And this is where you keep the good times. Yeah. And then in, in your model, you're just looking at whatever we're jailbreaking, which is what I call old cash. The new cash, which you should be investing if you're still young, then the new cash is on top of you know 200. And that but will generate even more so that's when your debt worth becomes exponential right but for your example yep. passive activity losses are passive they cannot offset your ordinary high adjusted gross income from your day job you're not doing real estate professional status that could be another thing you do that's another option yeah when like i drop that. let's say half time if i do retire in five years or your spouse then, could do it yeah, for you that's right now that right. i'm married yeah they're part of the team they got pulled their own weight now have you thought about that or <laughs> And that's, that's probably another call that we could do together or maybe through the phone group. Yeah. We could look at that and see if I could qualify or, or if Ashley can qualify. Yeah, because you're probably walking around with like a half a million, maybe even a million of passive activity losses at this point. Right now, there's a barrier that we can't use that to offset your ordinary income every year. And that's yeah. why you're stuck doing these kind of up-in-the-air conservation easements. But if you were to do the real estate professional status, various yep. ways of doing it you gotta jump through some hoops now you don't have to deal with this you know, low risk 
and you can use these passive activity losses. And But then that's another discussion for another day, right? Is yeah. it worth it for you to burn the stuff up? You got a lot, so you could. Like my, my CPA, what he does, and I fought him on this initially, he burned my passive activity losses up so my AGI was like nothing. So I didn't pay taxes. Right. And I was like, no, hey man, like at some point in 2023, 24, 25, all these things are going to come back at me. I'm going to have to pay my depreciation recapture and all that capital gains. And you're right. You're giving up my dry powder, man. Yep. But then his reasoning was like, you're right. But I think where you're at, and I think where a lot of other people are at, arguably, you'd rather have money today to invest. And you're going to make a hell of a lot of money in the first and now the next few years than you are paying incrementally 10 to 20% less tax prep, taxes on that gains in the future. And that's right. where we don't know, right? This is yes. part of the art, which how yeah. you want. But that's been super helpful, Lane. Thank you so much for oh. your time. How would you do it if you were, let's just say magically, boom, you are a real estate professional, you got your spouse to do it for you. Would you burn up your passive activity losses to pay no tax today or how would you? Yes, I think so. That's the YOLO lifestyle, right? Yeah. Money save is money earned. If you can save now, I say save now, take the hit now, then you're less at the beck and call of the government, right? Because once you have those traditional IRAs, they still have you on the hook where that money is in the bank personally, then it's free. The profits are still taxable, but the ability to invest or the vehicles to invest, that increases your, your ability to yeah. do that. But that, that's another wrinkle in here, right? When bonus appreciation only does fade, starts the sunset, let's just call it after your 2025, you're not going to be getting 150,000 of losses. You might be getting like less than half of that. So it's looking like this. If you are doing risk professional status strategy, it makes sense to get it all done now and pull the plug yes. as opposed to that strategy we were talking about earlier, right? I think this is what you're ultimately going to do. But if you think that they're not going to renew that bonus appreciation, which I don't think they are, I think it'll come back in our lifetime at some point and you and I will be jumping for joy and getting in there when the opportunity <laughs> comes out. I think they're going to take a break from it for a little bit. So with that, Thought, I would argue, hey, Emmanuel, maybe just get it out aggressively now. The only reason is to get the passive losses. Grab it while you can, because right. after a while it phases out. And this is if you're doing right. it as a professional status strategy. Yeah, I personally can do it myself, but my wife can. As of, let's say, she probably could qualify in 2022. And then if I do retire and drop my hours in five years, then by the time things have phased out, then I could just do real estate professional status. And that, that would just keep gravy going. I would push you more. I would say go after rep status. Good. Yeah. As opposed to this, I think this is your baseline. But if you're going after real estate professional status, get it yeah. out sooner than you think, maybe in one or two years so that you can take advantage of the maximum amount of losses so you can use it to lower income now. Or at least right. or keep it because yeah. if you wait more than a few years, this thing is going to go way down. I would think about, again, like many different paths to go down based on yeah. your assumption of what are, what it's happening. And you have to guess in a way. Yeah. I'm going with the hypothesis that I don't think bonus depreciation is going to get extended. Therefore, get it while the getting's good and yeah. combo with real estate professional status. And therefore, that's why we back we, we backwards engineer. Yeah, get it out now. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, it, it is, really depends on syndicators selling those assets and basically converting that to cash and then cashing yeah. it out 
But yeah, you're, you're stuck. Here's why I like that that strategy. I guess it doesn't apply to you because you're already stuck in there. But for people yeah. with a clean slate, like one big thing, I don't know, conservation easements plays a part in it. But what if it doesn't next year or in three months, they put the puts on that type of stuff. This is the plan, but or like a wildcat in football, right? We're going to give it yep. to the running back so he can yep. run it and do the conservation easement. But he can also throw it if yeah. conservation easements gets cut off by doing this you're able to have this a b plan once you Correct. start to take out the money and ultimately staying flexible and keep in touch with what the tax laws are going to be for the following year and just adjust yourself to that i'm more confident that they're not going to renew the bonus depreciation 100 percent past 2024 2025 than yeah. I am. I think that there's a better chance that conservation easements are still going to be around in some form. No, that that's what I've been hearing too. But again, the depreciation is going to be phased out. It won't like completely go away, but the cost segregation will stay. The conservation easements, I think they'll stay, but I think the IRS is going to be scrutinizing. So getting a 8 to 10x return losses, I think those deals are going to go away. The more conservative underwritings at about 4 to 5x, I think those are probably more viable and probably safer for everybody. So I have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, I agree too. I think it might go down to 3 or 4x. Yeah, which is on, still on average. Fine. It's still yeah. plenty. Just a couple guys making some educated guesses. If you guys take this as legal advice or tax advice, don't do that. You'd be an idiot to do that. Every situation is different. And this is why you got to build a community around yourself. Any last parting thoughts? Hopefully that gives you some no, clarity. No, I'm good, man. Yeah, thanks for the help and bouncing ideas. I'm going to think about it and probably do one of those options, man. Thank you so much. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.